Welcome back to 929. We are in chapter 6 of Leviticus Vaigra. We are starting Parashat Tzav. Parashat Tzav talks more about some additional laws of the offerings, gifts to the priests, and inauguration of Aaron and his sons. Again, wait, I deja vu, right? Yes, we will go through that. Um some messages from Parashat Tzav, which means command, by the way. You are the guardian of your inner flame, which illuminates the path of your highest self. Your decision make you either your your decisions that you make either feeds your flame or causes it to diminish. With a weakened flame, you fall easily into fear and worry. With a strong flame, your consciousness expands and you are energized. How is your flame burning today? <laughs> Passion. The fire on the altar had to constantly be kept burning. Never let your passion for God and the Torah become extinguished. Feed it continu continually so that it keeps burning. Hmm. I like that uh, comparison. Priestly gifts. The priests were given pieces from the sacrifices of their own benefit. This was a sign of gratitude by the Jewish people to those who served in the temple and had no personal livelihood. Loyalty to God. The entire congregation watched as Moshe anointed Aaron and his sons, dressed them in their priestly garments, and inaugurated the tabernacle. They saw how Moshe and Aaron follow God's word exactly which inspired them in their own lives. Let's begin this chapter. So the chapter begins by the ashes of the burnt offering. Um, it says, starts off by God spoke to Moshe saying, Command that one and his sons, saying, This is the laws of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering which may burn on the altar all night until morning. The altar's fire shall burn with it. Command. Tzav. The expression tzav always denotes urging on to observe a percept for the present and also for further generation. Rabbi Shimon thought, Scripture especially needs to urge you to observe commandments that cause you a severe financial loss. Rashi. It is during times of financial crisis that we must gather strength not to waver in our commitment to God. So like right now, right? Because of like inflation. <laughs> um... This is the law of the burnt offering. From here, you learn that it is permitted to offer up the fats and the limbs throughout the night. Rashi. Fats are symbolic of pleasures, as indulging in pleasures leads to the production of fat. Hmm, for sure. Gitin 56b. The Torah is telling us that 
an integral part of worshiping God is dedicating your fats, your pleasures, to God. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I can imagine this is like asking a kid to give you their favorite candy. You know, like how hard must that be for that kid? <laughs> um, take off his garments and put in a put on other garments. This is not an obligation, but an appropriate practice, so that he should not soil the garments in which he constantly officiates when taking out the ashes. When a servant pours a glass of wine for him, his master, he should not wear the same clothes as when, as when cooking a pot of food for his master. True, Rashi. As, what is this one? And it also talks about the fire of the altar. The fire of the altar should be kept burning upon it. It must not go out. Um, a continuous fire should burn upon the altar. It must not go out. So it's like repeating itself, five and six. If the western lamp of the candelabrum becomes extinguished, then it may only be reignited from the outer altar. This is Rambam saying this. What else? More additional laws of the meal offering. Let's look at one of them. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We have a Kabbalah bite here. Making yourself right and others wrong is a dysfunctional mind pattern. When you complain, the implication is that you are right and the situation you are reacting against is wrong. Our verse advises lo tichabe, which can be read, extinguish the no, dismantle your negative, dysfunctional approach. And how do you do that? A continuous fire should burn upon the altar. By sustaining a constant state of enthusiasm, fire, through daily meditation on spiritual teaching teachings. Gotta keep that fire burning. I feel like that's from a song. Somebody call 911. Shoddy fire burning on the dance floor. <laughs> Additional laws of the meal offering. There's the meal offerings of the priests. Um, God spoke to Moshe saying, This is the offering of Aaron and his sons, which they should offer to God on the day one of them is anointed and initiated into service. One tenth of an ephah of fine flour. Hmm. Anything else interesting? There's more additional laws on the sin offering, of course. The sin offering should be slaughtered um, before God in the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered. It is a most holy. It is a most holy offering. This highlights the importance of not causing embarrassment to another person, particularly to a sinner. The Torah says you should slaughter the sin offering 
and the same place of the burnt offering is slaughtered, so that an, so that an onlooker will not be able to dis, discern the difference. A patient should not feel inferior to a righteous person who has never sinned. This is hinted to us by the fact that we are commanded to slaughter the guilt offering in the same place where they slaughter the burnt offering. Ah, so then we don't make the difference and embarrass somebody else. Um, and hold on, let's see what this is. An earthenware vessel in which the meat of sin offering is cooked must be broken. But if it is cooked in a copper vessel, it should be purged in boiling water to extract the, the absorbed fl flavor and rinsed with water. This is required to remove the flavor which is absorbed in the walls of the vessel. But in the case of an earthenware vessel, scripture teaches you here that it never rids itself of its defect and must before therefore be broken. Oh, wow. Just as an earthenware vessel that absorbs a prohibited substance must be broken, so too if a man's body participates in a sin, God forbid, it may be atoned. Wow. It may be atoned for when his heart becomes broken through true repentance as well. Wow, that is so intense. Uh, I guess this is why, um, and this is like how we partially learned from, um, I really like this, um, where I believe, maybe, I don't know, I might be wrong, but this is where we can learn um, that if you, if you put some, like, like kosher, kosher stuff, like if you put something not kosher in a vessel that keeps all the, you know, like a, like something made out of wood, then the utensil itself is kaput, like it's it's gone, you can't use it, it's not, it's not kosher. That's why we have to be very careful with the vessels we use for each thing, you know, meat and dairy and all this stuff, um, because it could take from each thing, and that's why the laws of kashrut are very intense and can be very complicated. But just be careful. But for now, we are done. Chapter number six of Leviticus. Thank you for listening. Yasher <laughs> koach.